0: Hi everyone. This is the switch focus podcast this is episode sixty seven and I'm your host Andy Corrigan with me uh or well back from a leave of absence is Ginny Wu. Mm, Hey. and Andrew Brown is here I am here. <laughs> I'll just check you off the register there and that's it. I was tempted to make a Ferris bueller joke but i'll mm, I'll leave that yeah. in the nineties where it belongs
1: <laughs> uh the nineties
0: it was a 90s movie, right? It was an 80s movie,
1: sir. Like oh my 1983. God. Good <laughs> lord. Uh,
0: I, in my defense, I first saw it in the 90s. So, there. Uh, okay, so let's uh, get into updates from previous episodes. Uh, it's not really an update from the previous episode. I don't know why I just didn't have this under the what we're playing list, but whatever. Uh, I finished Diablo 3 during our little hiatus or mini hiatus. Um start to finish, absolutely adored it. I had played it before on PS4, but my memory of that was very minimal. Um so just a quick thing quick couple of things I wanted to uh, pick up on with this, so uh, I found playing this one through that Diablo three is all about empowerment. The leveling up process is super quick, a lot more quicker than other RPGs or dungeon crawlers of its type. You constantly unlocking really important skills. So just to add a bit of um context to that, I usually go for sort of a melee character, like your typical, you know, fantasy warrior or uh, barbarian or something like that. So knowing this was my second time through, I went for the Necromancer, uh, who was a lot of fun. Uh and I found with the skill progression that um whenever you locked sorry, unlocked a skill, it was never necessarily better than something you unlocked earlier. It was just, here's another thing you can use to build the character how you want to build it, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. So, like, there were some skills that I was still using that were default, which were really cool. The loot rhythm, Mm -hmm. I mean, I only played this on PS4, which was, I believe, after it was fixed on pc or sort of at least coincided oh. with that you dodged a bullet <laughs> so um my my only knowledge of this is from reading blood sweat and pixels by uh, jason schreier which if you haven't read it is required reading for anyone who is into video games seriously please read it and a lot of the complaints before the patch before it hit consoles was that uh, when you found found a legendary item it would often be for a class that you didn't want and yeah. <laughs> If you found a legendary item. Yeah, if. (laughs) And people found that they were getting more success finding legendary items from smashing pots than they were from beating enemies. Uh, And that has been completely revamped in the console version. So like, there wasn't a single dungeon where I didn't feel I was getting some reward or being being made more powerful somehow along the way. Uh, The other thing I wanted to talk about, because we've talked about this one a lot already... I bucked another trend. I, I dipped my toe into adventure mode after seeing the credits. Uh, and I absolutely love it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's, as Andrew described, it's sort of... It's almost like a endless mode where you just... You can jump into any area of the, the story mode. And there's different missions. There's things to find. And um, the writing here is either sublime, like better than the campaign. Or it's just completely off the wall wacky so for example a couple of missions were tied directly into stuff that happened into campaign and sort of expanded on things which i loved and then there was one where a dead king wanted me to go kill a load of cows so <laughs> but one of the strict well both ends of the spectrum there and they were both amazing
1: i can't believe you got the cow level already
2: it was fast
1: i
0: wanted the kanai cube and i read where to go to get it and i found it while
1: i was there looking for it play for years and not get that and you get it when you're just <laughs> dinking around in adventure Jesus. mode i resent you right now
2: i know yeah i remember trying to craft all those keys waiting for all the drops and oh god don't even get me started
0: i haven't figured out how to use the kanai cube yet but that'll, that'll good
2: come. we're not going to tell you either <laughs> out of bitterness you don't
0: deserve <laughs> that power. you
2: don't deserve the kanai cube <laughs>
0: Uh, and the other thing was I like adventure mode enough that I actually went and double dipped on Diablo Three. I've bought it digitally, I had Hell it physically yeah. before, just to make it easier to jump in for an hour here and there just to do a couple of missions because yeah, uh, yeah, and I did that at full price, not at sales. I feel a bit silly, but you know,
1: I wish I had as much money as you did uh, <laughs> I work hard, he works hard and he plays hard. I do. It's
0: true. <laughs> <laughs> the okay. the other thing that I wanted to talk about was cuz I don't want to go into depth on the game but uh, I actually in the opening or the first couple of weeks of the switch I picked up Shovel Knight and I rage quit yeah. and a few a lot of people seem very surprised at that.
2: Yeah, I am. Making that noise. A bit surprised. <laughs> and I think
0: I think what happened was that uh Breath of the Wild also came out at the launch of the Switch. Uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. And I was mm-hmm. resentful of anything that wasn't Breath of the Wild. Mm. And my idea was I would jump into Shovel Knight, get through it as quickly as possible, go back to Breath of the Wild. <laughs> and therefore, I wasn't engaging with any of the systems that, you know, would go on to make my life a lot easier. Yeah. Uh, so this time I actually, again, this was sparked by. Uh, Blood, Sweat and Pixels because there's a whole chapter on the development of this game. I redownloaded it and uh, yeah it's excellent I love it. Uh got through it in two sittings mm. and a whole lot of fun but yeah definitely engage with the systems in that one because it's a lot less frustrating with
1: them Well you got two other games to play then
0: yeah, I I did, I'll get to those, but sure I will. I've beat the main Shovel Knight campaign. <laughs> I will.
1: No, you you got to play those bonus campaigns because they're way better than the core Shovel Knight
0: campaign. But the core Shovel Knight game is great. It's DuckTales.
1: <laughs> I've played that game.
0: And DuckTales is great. Yes. It's DuckTales were power-ups. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh let's move on to the latest Switch news. So the Gearbox event came and went. Do you want to see a magic trick? (laughs) (laughs) That was the most awkward thing. They spent more time on the magic trick than they did talking about the card game.
2: It was really painful. I think Andrew and I were stuck in the same collective fever dream for about half an hour, just yelling on the internet in caps. Like, it was just, it was was horrendous. I think I had aftershocks for like hours later trying to figure out whether or not I had transcended reality somehow the minute like Ranny Pitchford walked out and made some young woman very uncomfortable. So
1: <laughs> it was the worst presentation I've seen since Mr. Caffeine. It was awful. <laughs>
2: really bad. Really bad. The
1: whole hour was pointless.
0: Um yeah. like Borderlands three, great. Um, you know, everything else was just stuff that could have come in other announcements. It was just a complete waste of everyone's time. They did well to get the super fans in there because I don't think many other people would have been cheering. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. Couple couple yeah. of tip couple of tidbits from this. We are we got confirmation of the fact that uh, Bulletstorm is coming with the Jutney Jut DLC for anyone who wants that. Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> all three of you raise your yeah. hands. <laughs> yeah. well, look, I have I had this game on PS Plus, so I could just jump into it. I understand it's very good. Oh uh, yeah, if a bit gross. Yeah, it's meant to be very good. It's a score attack FPS. Um, Did get a lot of plaudits back in the day. Uh, But the disappointment was that Borderlands 2 wasn't announced for Switch.
1: Nothing was announced for Switch.
2: I know. It's ridiculous. I'm angry.
0: Andrew here has been possibly a bit dramatic in the show notes. The dream (laughs) is dead.
2: (laughs) The dream is dead.
0: I, I remain positive that it will come I'm not Yeah. I will be the voice of positivity in this I think it will still come Um, There's a couple of reasons for that Perhaps because they're helping with the development of Bulletstorm Perhaps that is a test yeah. To see how well they can help with the port Yeah,
2: that will be the test <laughs>
1: But I hope it's not Because I, I have no intention of buying Bulletstorm I have zero intention <laughs> I mean
0: maybe more of a technical test But the the, the other thing as well that I was going to bring up is that we've seen instances where big publishers have held off on announcement for the switch in their own events because Nintendo wanted to do it in a direct. Yeah, that's where I'm holding out hope. I may be fooling myself, but I'm going to hold on to it because I want it not as much as Andrew, but I get why you why you're crushed.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, they put resources into remastering Borderlands 1 and porting it to Xbox 1 and PlayStation 4, not to Switch. And they've They've uh the Handsome Collection on PS4 and Xbox One to 4K. So they've already put resources into porting the first Borderlands to new consoles and resources into working on the graphics engine for Borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel, and there's no switch. I mean, <laughs> something's going on there.
0: The, the other element to that is it could be another team. Yeah. They might not have anything personally to shout about, so...
1: Yeah, I... I, I just really feel like if it was going to be announced, it would have been announced there. So I'm resigned now. It's not ever happening.
0: <laughs> I, I, I remain steadfast in my belief that it will happen. Moving on, uh, one year of Switch Online is free now with Twitch Prime. That's a neat deal for anyone that wants to sign up to that. I think that's about it. So uh, we've got a bit of a busy uh, week on things we've played, so let's just jump into that. Okay, not technically something we've been playing in the last week, but uh, I think we've all finished Tales of Vesperia now. Yep. Yep. Cool, so we're just going to have a quick chat about how we felt that went. I'll start. I sort of echo Andrew's thoughts on this, where, without spoilers, uh, Tales of Vesperia asks a very serious question about is it better to change a corrupt system from within or outside? And it builds up to this... You know, the the answer of this big question through two of its characters. There's, you know, that sort of difference of opinions causes conflict throughout. And then the big answer to, to that question is kind of do both and then never mind that, let's fight God. I, I, I just sort of felt like it slipped into its JRPG slippers once it had just sort of shuffled the big issue out of the way. It was fine. I liked it. It was, it was definitely one of the better JRPGs I've ever played, but it's not in my favorite list at all, serviceable. Um, Andrew, I feel like you you were the most disappointed with the way it ended.
1: Only because I was really into the things it was exploring and the, the things it was saying in the first two acts. Then you get to the third act, and it's like it's a completely different game entirely with this completely new quest, which is like setting up thoroughly explored JRPG stuff like Awakening Spirits and stuff like that. And it's was like, this feels like the start of an entirely new story. Like this is like Tales of Vesperia 2 and they just crammed it into the end of this game. And I I don't feel the same way that Andy did about it. This game just kind of gives up on its debate. And it's like, you know what? Yuri was right. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to be spoiler free. Uh, so we're not saying what Yuri did, but what Yuri did was not a good thing. And I, I'm kind of frustrated with this game, kind of just going, yeah, yeah, you know, Yuri was probably right. No,
0: I I do have a different take about that. I am going to be writing a spoiler heavy piece about it. It's about oh, halfway oh, done, which will go up on my own site. I'm not pitching that anywhere. Um, Ginny, what were your thoughts?
2: In my brief sort of discussions about the game with mates who have played it, I guess for me... I felt at the end the way that I felt when I finished Lost Sphere. So um, not quite as like jaded and disillusioned, because honestly the last two hours of Lost Sphere or so were just like complete nonsense. Like I just devolved into like a series of unfortunate events and this was not nearly as much of a letdown. But I mean, I've played a lot of the Tales game, so I knew what to expect. I knew it was going to be some JRPG nonsense. And so I didn't really have like the same level of investment i thought it was interesting that they were exploring these themes um and that they had set these two characters up to be so pivotal and to the narrative into each other that i felt like it may go somewhere um and it didn't um and that was okay um it wasn't good it wasn't a good thing that it didn't go anywhere but it was fine would i recommend this game to somebody else probably still yes i think it's one of the better tales games i've played um bad tales games in the franchise overall just from what it even tries to explore because honestly the nuance is evaporated by the time you get to the last couple of ones that have been released so this is one of the really really good classic tales games that still tries to do something even if it doesn't really eventuate so i would still recommend to other people i would still say it's one of the tales games to play but like andrew by the time i got to the end i was like yeah you know if this is how this how things have to be yuri was right yeah i agree he did it he took you know he really did it seal his own fate you know (laughs) love destiny just spit in the face of god blah 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 like it's just i don't know um it is jrpg nonsense but it's what i expected tldr i enjoyed it would i go for another playthrough anytime soon i'm not that's not gonna happen
1: yeah
0: i I think if we went in and it didn't have the hints at the big themes and it was just a traditional jrpg the way through yeah I don't think I would have felt as disappointed with the oh, outcome. Oh yeah, of course. The fact that it starts exploring these things and then just mm. sort of weakly shuffles it aside—it de- it definitely is weak. Mm. I think I do think they tried to say a thing and just failed at telling the yeah. message. Yeah, no, for sure. I can see what they were getting at, but yeah. So yeah, so talking about JRPG nonsense.
2: Yeah.
0: I've been checking out the uh, Caligula effects. <laughs> Just for transparency, <laughs> I got a review code for this one. The Caligula effect wants to be Persona like really badly, and in fact, I believe it's written by the writer from the first two Persona games, which I haven't played. I came into Persona around four, and I've played mm-hmm. four and five, beat both, and I absolutely adore them. Now, Persona has like really like out there stories, but ones that feel personal and hit hard. It. It sort of brings in its fantastical elements sort of gradually so they don't feel jarring. Uh, The Caligula effect developers looked at that and said no. (laughs) So, what they do is instead they just give you a a dump of ridiculous nonsense up front Mm. where it's just like this is just drivel. Like, what, like, literally, what are you telling me? I'm not taking any of this in. Um, so it didn't get me on side straight away. The story, so it's set around <laughs> high school. Sorry, Andrew. Anime high
1: school. My eyes have already glazed over.
2: <laughs> He's just bleeding from the nose right now.
1: So instead of where Persona,
0: they're in the real world, and then they realize this is other world. Here, they're already in the other world. It's like a perfect, <laughs> perfect school. And there's a group of people who can see, like, other classmates with digitized faces, and they realize that this world they're in is not real. Basically, their real selves uh, somewhere else uh, and they've had a really unhappy life and this is their escape that they've agreed to join in but they have no memory of what those pains were so they're they're now trying to escape it sort of follows like the dungeons in here it's most the game is mostly dungeons it is (laughs) it just feels like a persona dungeon the (laughs) way it's uh, procedurally generated and and all that stuff and in between and actually while you're in dungeons you can make friends with classmates that aren't trying to kill you. Mm. Uh, but in, in Persona, this I should not be comparing it so much because it's a different game, but it's hard not to draw these comparisons when everything's so similar. But Persona, like you'll make friends with key party members and uh, non-playable characters, and then you'll see those friendships evolve over the course of the game, and each one is its own little storyline that feels rewarding and you know, heartfelt in its own way, you help them solve a problem. Here, the the boast is that you can make friends with up to five five hundred school friends and all this is is you walk up to them as they're roaming a hallway and you spam the button three times to go up three levels of friendship. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And all you there's no there's no storyline, you just get the start of a conversation, it skips the middle and then you get the end, which most of the time doesn't even feel like it connects to the first part. Yeah. So it's not wowing me from a story perspective. I'm pretty disappointed there. The good thing is, though, that its combat system is absolutely amazing. I am really into that. So how this works is it's turn-based combat. There is, obviously, being a JRPG, there's like a strengths and weaknesses sort of, you know, paper, scissors, stone system going on. Uh, But what happens is you... When you select your attacks, it it is applied to like a time timeline. So you'll choose you, characters can have three attacks in one go. You select your first attack, and it will show you like a virtual preview of how that might go. It's not a hundred percent accurate because you know like with a, rice stall, uh, sorry, with a dice roll, your attack might miss. Uh, but it gives you an approximation of of what might happen if your attack is successful. And then when you throw in the other party members, you can sort of tailor it so say your first attack will knock an enemy up in the air and then your second character can then unleash an attack while that character's in the air so you can come up with these like really intricate strategies based on time uh, and you can actually delay attacks so they line up correctly and like so you figure it all out in the virtual thing and then you have to trust that everything's going to go your way but it works beautifully like the first big boss that I had to beat, like I got him in the air and he was dead before he touched the ground because I'd managed to sync up everyone's attacks just so perfectly. It's really satisfying to figure that out. Uh, My only complaint about it is that you have to do one character's attacks, then do the next characters, then the next characters, and then the next characters, which means that another character's attack might actually interrupt something you were trying to do. Um, I wish you could sort of set an attack from one, switch to another character, do their first attack, but I feel like that would then make it too easy, so there's a bit of a, a balance, I think, that we're trying to strike there. Uh, my only concern with this is that uh, when I decided I was going to look at this for the podcast, that uh, it was How Long to Beat said it was about 20 hours long for both its original version and this uh, overdose edition that's hit the switch. Uh, reviews reckon 40 hours, uh, and what I'm really worried about is that the plot isn't going to be interesting enough to keep me going. There's, there's little bits here... <laughs> that are engaging in the story um it's 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 this weird uh it's this weird thing where everyone is kept in this virtual world because of these this number of musicians and then you have to go and beat the musicians they're like the bo- the bosses uh to break their spell and yeah it's it's really weird and another point of that is like <laughs> it's another comparison I'm going to make so I apologize for this but the persona music Every time, absolutely amazing. You get, like, the... When you're exploring the dungeon, you get the music. You enter a fight, you get battle music, which is of, often even better than the exploration music. Here, it's just because you're fighting this musician, you hear their one song the entire time, whether you're in combat or not, and it gets really annoying really quickly. And that's another thing that's sort of bothering me and is making me worry I can't make the 40 hours on this one. Uh, so, at the moment, it's... a. Uh, it's an okay attempt at copying Persona. I hope hopefully it gets better or elevates in some way. But yeah, the the only really thing I'm enjo- so the only thing I'm really enjoying is the combat, which is really well done. But I think it deserves to be in a better storyline or a better game. Well, we'll take a break from JRPGs. There, Andrew, you played a hell of a lot while we were on hiatus. Yeah, just to lift up the radio curtain here, I when when I set up the show notes, I saw Andrew adding his list of what he played. And I was just like, it'll end any second. And it just never did. And kept going and going and going. And then some more. Uh, So what do you want to talk about first?
1: I also played three PlayStation 4 games. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) One of them was Horizon Zero Dawn. (laughs) Why
2: would you do that? Because
1: it's great. It's not Breath of the Wild. I liked it, but I immediately forgot it when I finished it.
2: Exactly.
0: (laughs) I loved it, and I can't wait to go back in to do some of the side stuff. I did all the side (laughs) stuff. (laughs) Anyway, that's besides the point. What do you want to talk about first? What did you play on Switch? Uh,
1: Well, I played ten games, uh, and I'm just going to blow through them as fast as I can here. First game i played was steam world heist it is an entry in the steam world series it's a tactical rpg where you play as some space pirates in outer space going around fighting other robots and just going on their ships and stealing their stuff Uh, it is a tactical rpg so it's all played turn-based and your characters can move a certain number of spaces every turn and then they can fire their gun, but the cool thing it does is a couple of the characters can actually ricochet shots off of corners, so that's how most of the tactics in the game are done and actually it got to the point where if a character couldn't do a ricochet shot, I just really didn't use them, and I enjoyed it, but all through the game's 10-ish hours... It felt like it was the same thing. It was the same level over and over and over and over again, and it just threw more monsters at me to increase the difficulty. Uh, The cool thing about it was there's a, a new character that's been added uh, if you have Heist on the Switch, you just have it automatically. Otherwise, it's downloadable content on other platforms. And the, the character is actually Fen, who is from SteamWorld Dig 2. So you get to see what happened to Fen after the events of that game. And there's also SteamWorld Quest coming out next month, which is the next entry in the SteamWorld series. And we'll see how that ties into this entire SteamWorld multi-genre multimedia saga.
0: I have played Steamworth Heist uh, and I did enjoy it. I was going to get it on Switch when it first launched, but then at the same time it was on 3DS for like half the <laughs> price and I played through it on there and I enjoyed it, but I it was one of those it's it's not really memorable. Um I did, it is worth a look if you you're into the SteamWorld games.
1: Yeah, it was 6 bucks. That's yeah. why I got it on
0: Switch. It's worth that, at <laughs> least. It's worth a look. So.
1: so second game was Flipping Death, which is a, a puzzle adventure game where you play as this young woman who has an out-of-body experience. She goes into a coma and ends up on the flip side of the world where everybody is dead, and she ends up temping for death, and she has to go around solving all these dead people's problems so that way they can pass on into the afterlife but then it turns out there's actually a ghost inhabiting her body and getting up to all sorts of mischief in the other side of the world Uh, I loved this game I thought it was fantastic Uh, I played a couple puzzle games for the podcast like Thimbleweed Park and uh, Grim Fandango and I just I didn't enjoy either of them because I got super stuck and had to look up the answers. I never had that problem in this game. Even when I was stuck for a while, I was perfectly happy to just keep wandering around because this game is just a delight to interact with. Uh, The only thing I really disliked about it was it's kind of short. I got through it in six hours and there's only like seven levels, but... I really enjoyed it and I got it on sale for 6 bucks. If when you see it again at that price, highly recommend it. Third game I played was Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. This has been on my list to play for a while because Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is coming out. That's the big not Castlevania game that's coming out from IGA who was the producer on most of who is the producer on most people's favorite Castlevania games. Uh, and this game is actually a Kickstarter stretch goal for Ritual of the Night. They did reach that stretch goal, so this game did get made. It's a an 8-bit kind of throwback game. It's actually practically a remake of Castlevania three Dracula's Curse, which is my personal favorite Castlevania game, which Cassio is this kind of evil hunting character who goes through this side-scrolling environment and he can team up with all these other characters too who also supply him with their own abilities that give him access to new areas and new ways to attack and whereas in castlevania 3 you could have one companion and you had to switch between them by pressing select and it was a very slow process in this game you can have four companions including the player character and you can control all of them just by switching between them with the shoulder buttons now this Create scenarios where like where you're fighting a boss and you need the ninja character's sliding ability to get close enough to move to the boss to actually hit it. Where the, where the trouble runs into is if that character is dead, you actually have to keep playing as the other characters until they die too before your ninja character revives. So if one of your characters is dead for a certain boss or for a certain room, you're kind of screwed and you just have to commit suicide so that way you can try again with a full roster of characters this especially hits it in the final boss which was really frustrating because i needed my mage character to basically damage that boss at all so every time my mage character went down i basically just had to keep killing my other characters so i could restart the file super annoying i think they could have worked a little harder to make that system a little more elegant make it so that there's some way to bring your character back to life or some way to restart your file without just jumping off cliffs with your other three characters it was a little rough but i still really enjoyed this if you're a fan of castlevania 3 as i am i think you would enjoy giving this a look fourth game i played was Minute. Yeah. uh craig our sound editor was a big fan of this i think he put it on his game of the year list somewhere a few months I back i think
0: me and jenny evangelized about this one as
1: well
2: yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i think you probably did yeah this is basically uh A Super fast version of Link's Awakening You play as this character who lives On this little island And one day he wakes up and goes to the beach And finds a sword, only the sword is cursed So that way whenever you're carrying it Every 60 seconds you die And you go back to your house And you have to start all over from scratch And what you do is You do everything you can do In this one minute of life that your character has So that way you can solve this problem Of the cursed sword I was actually surprised how fast I got through this game. I got through it in about an hour, but I'd only found 33% of the pickups, Mm -hmm. so there's still a lot left for me to do. And I did try to go back into it for like about another two hours. I got it up to about 80% completion. So this is a really short game. It's a really quick game, but it's also a really smart game. Uh, The puzzles are thoughtful, they're challenging, but they're not so obtuse that you're like how would i ever know to do that there's always something in the world that indicates what you're supposed to do really enjoyed minute if you like link's awakening which is getting a remake later in the year or if you just like adventure games or just a good puzzle game uh that has a little more action to it i think you would enjoy minute i'm glad you like that one yeah same uh jotun valhalla edition which i know Ginny played last year and wasn't wild about it it, uh i picked this up Yeah, I picked this up super cheap on a sale I got through it I beat it I found all the collectibles and everything this is a really beautifully animated game but as an adventure game where you are exploring this kind of Norse afterlife and you're trying to you're trying to kill all of the Jotun who are the, the Norse giants so that way this Norse woman that you're playing as can earn her way into Valhalla since she died in a very dishonorable way It's an interesting concept and it's a beautiful game to look at. I I would really think this would be a much better game to just watch on YouTube Mm. because actually playing it, it, it's not (laughs) that responsive. Uh, (laughs) uh, Thora, the player character, is kind of slow and there is a dodge ability, which is key to a lot of the boss fights, especially the last one against Odin. But that dodge ability does not carry you like maybe two feet so uh it it was just an exercise in frustration getting through this game uh if you're like a a, an art fanatic i think you might enjoy this if you know a lot about if you're a, a student of norse mythology i think you would get a lot out of this game because there's a lot in this that is not explained but i know that is drawn from that mythology but as an action adventure game you can do much better and The Walking Dead, the final season. They actually finished this. Big bravo for them. Big props to Skybound Games for stepping up and continuing to employ many of the developers of this game that got laid off by Telltale back in September, October, whenever that was, that horrible, horrible thing happened to them. They put out episodes three and four. They actually finished the season, and I finished episode four when it came out on Tuesday, and I was angry
0: (laughs) now is it is it it a good angry or a bad angry
1: bad angry bad bad angry (laughs) this game ends in the most cynical way you can imagine like I, i don't want to give any spoilers because walking dead season one is still one of the most amazing games i've ever played uh but it takes the most iconic moment from that game and just cynically recreates it almost beat for beat. It even uses the same music. And I was so mad. I was, if it wasn't three in the morning, I probably would have been screaming at my screen. (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, I've been, I've been following Clementine since two 2012. I'm a really attached to this character, which probably doesn't help my reaction to how they handled this ending. And been following her since she's eight years old. Uh, season one was all about practically raising her as her father. So, yeah, a lot of people are really attached to this character and you've been helping her grow, helping her survive through the zombie apocalypse. And then this game kind of sets it up where you have to be this parent to this boy that Clementine has adopted. And it echoes the relationship she had with Lee in many ways, which leads naturally to the ending that they tried to do here. And you can also actually help her start a relationship with another character in this season, which I actually really appreciated. Uh, I strongly recommend you don't do that, because they kill off the boyfriend or girlfriend, depending upon what choices you make, in the last episode, just just the way Walking Dead does. I was I was so angry that they did that. <laughs> I should have expected it. It's the Walking Dead, it's what they do, but I was just I wanted Clementine to have a happy ending. <laughs> As a longtime reader of The Walking Dead comics yeah that's never gonna happen yeah uh, I, I should have known better but it just i i'm not thinking straight with clementine so yeah i, get <laughs> I it. was like okay i get it I, I i'm setting up a future for her this is supposed to be her last game i was like good i want her to be successful raising this kid i want her to have a healthy relationship with another adult and then this game is like no mm. so i hated it i hated this i hated this final episode uh don't even play Walking Dead 2, 3, and 4. Just play Jeez. Walking Dead Season 1 and just stop there. Just just don't even bother. <sighs> Those are the games I beat. and uh, I played Rico. I mentioned this in our last episode that me and Andy recorded when I played Beat Cop. This is also another cop game where you play as a member of this Rico squad. And Rico is where you... Rico is a uh, Jenny could probably explain this better than i could but i'll I'll try (laughs) do you want to Mm -hmm. explain it Jenny? since this is your area of expertise
2: um i mean if you would like me to explain it i could give it a go um have you finished or
1: it's a procedurally generated game and i gave up on on it after like an hour so
2: (laughs) okay um that that's fair enough okay that's fine um so, it is kind of like I would call it a do you want to say can I say buddy cop? I guess like, kind of the right vibe've are going for really um well
1: i I meant I meant since you're a lawyer, can you explain what RICO, what what a Rico case is? That's what I meant.
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> different jurisdiction, so I can't.
1: okay. Oh Rico is a type of criminal law where you you get a lot of people together. A lot of criminals together and kind of charge them en masse with a crime. And you play as this Rico squad who breaks into these houses controlled by crime groups and take evidence and kill everybody inside of it. It's, I don't want to say it's a bad shooter. It it does handle pretty good, but it doesn't have the sound design to back it up. So I found myself getting ambushed by things I never knew were there a lot of the time. And your character is very squishy. So I I just didn't get very far with it because it's pretty hard and every mission that you're on you have to work your way through this network of this crime syndicate within a week and the more time you spend ambushing the the easy bases the less time you have to get to the end of the map so I had to push forward and I just was not making progress without dying and I I, I just I just gave up on it especially since this game came out on a, a day that wasn't a great day to be thinking about gun violence yeah. So, uh, Rico, it, it exists. I I didn't like it. Uh, next game, I got a code from this from the publisher, so thanks for that, is Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, Everybody. This is a port of a Wii game, part of the Mystery Dungeon series, the Final Fantasy spinoff, starring Chocobo, of course. Uh, Chocobo and Sid, who is Chocobo's owner or partner, I'm not really clear on that relationship, They end up in this town that has this evil bell in it that sucks out people's memories, and Chocobo has to jump inside these people's heads using a magic amulet and defeat the monsters inside their heads, so that way their memories come back. And I'd heard this about the Mystery Dungeon games, but I'd never actually played one before. But it's really grindy, and... Unlike like Tangle Deep, which is a very similar dungeon crawler type game where like I could just go somewhere else and just grind for a while if I run into something I couldn't handle. In this game, I'm just kind of locked into this single dungeon and I'm not really sure how I'm supposed to get stronger except repeatedly throwing myself at it until I get through it without dying and it, it got wearing on me very quickly. Especially since I really only have one job to level up. I don't really have any characters to work with. Uh, I'm just, I'm at a wall already, but I can see there's a lot of depth here. And, like, you know, the Mystery Dungeon fans, they're already out there. They already know if they would like this game. So, more power to you. Uh, I'll probably come back to this game at some point, but this is not something I'm going to play through start to finish like I normally do with games. It's going to be a slow burn and the last game final fantasy 7 came out this past week
0: best game ever
1: final fantasy 7 <laughs> is one of the best jrpgs ever made that continues to be true on switch if you've never played it you know uh this is a 20 a year old game now so it maybe does not hold up to it maybe doesn't hold up to the kids the way it does to me <laughs> but if you're my age and you have this kind of relationship that you do it's on Switch now. You should get it.
0: Yeah, I grabbed it. Um haven't played it yet. And when I do, I'm probably going to use the, the quality of life improvements or cheats Yeah. that came in on, on the PC version just because I've played it millions of times and I've got nothing to prove. So just to enjoy that <laughs> brilliant story, I'll, I'll, I'll probably... Yeah, it
1: does have three quality of life improvements. It has a 300% speed timer so that way everything moves faster, which actually I would appreciate having that ability because... Uh, Playing through this at its regular speed, there is a lot of time it spends just kind of setting up animations on enemies that just feels like something could be happening here, but I'm just watching this enemy twitch. And uh, (laughs) there is another ability that you can use to just immediately refill everybody in your party's health and mana. So basically you can never die if you want. And then there's a third quality of life improvement that i should have written down what it was i think you can um
0: <laughs> turn off encounters
1: yes yes you can turn oh, off encounters if you yeah. if you're in the middle of a dungeon and you just need to escape but you know final fantasy 7 is not that hard just put a restore materia on every single one of your characters and they will never die so <laughs> don't worry about it
0: yeah definitely but um i did see yeah for sure i did see whisperings that it had the same audio bug as the Final Fantasy eh. 7 9 release but I think if you've never played it or it's been a while since you last played it you probably wouldn't even notice.
1: It just makes it so the music doesn't loop properly on the world map. Every time you get into a fight with an enemy, when you get out of the fight, it goes back to the beginning of the song on the world map rather than resuming where it was at when the battle started. That is what the bug is and if that is gonna ruin your experience for you get a life yeah wow
0: okay <laughs> um okay ginny uh you yeah. also got a code this week codes for everyone uh Nelkay and the legendary alchemists how was that
2: yeah um well i guess i'll, I'll make it quick so if you like the atelier games you're gonna want to play this if you're not familiar with the atelier games you're gonna want to literally buy anything else um and i don't mean that i don't mean to say that because i think the game is a bad game or a game doesn't perform but as you can tell from the name nalki and the legendary Alchemists involves a whole lot of legendary alchemists aka famous alchemists from previous atelier games and a lot of the nuance a lot of the appeal is lost if you don't know who the supporting cast is because how this particular alchemist game works is unlike the others who have more of a like a jipg crafting feel this is basically like a town a town builder game it's like a spin-off um so it takes like the entire franchise and jumbles everybody up and just goes you know here you go and it's like a 20 year old franchise by the way it's a long long standing franchise and they just throw them all into a city building simulator um, and you play as Nelkie who is an alchemist who can't alchemist stuff and all she can do is is help people t- plan a town. So don't ask me how she acquires that skill. I does not explain whatsoever. Um everyone's kind of okay with the fact that she can't do anything related to alchemy and just goes, you know what? We'll do alchemy things. You just help us figure out this water pump and a bunch of infrastructure. You are a small child, but you'll be good at this anyway. So that's where we're at, really. Suspend your belief from, like, literally the first five minutes. Um, And you're basically playing a city building sim. So you will have, your day gets split up into portions. Um, So you have only, like, X amount of time to do certain actions in each day. So let's say you can't spend all your day renovating stuff or all your day talking to people because then you'll have used it up and not done anything worthwhile, like adventuring or building or any of that stuff and um like any other city management sim you've got to a keep people happy b make lots of money and c progress a very rudimentary story um and when i say rudimentary i mean super rudimentary um, but the annoying thing with this game is not so much that the narrative is not hard hitting, because I mean, all the Atelier games are really, really like soft and fluffy and fun. And I know Andy said that your wife loved the last one that she played. Yep. They're all kind of like really light hearted in tone, which is fine. And what I appreciate about the Atelier games is they aren't depressing. Um, but the problem with Nalki and her legendary alchemists is that they have time tasks in this game and so while the regular games are quite laid back very relaxed you know take as long as you want to harvest three you know wheat bix plants from some random field somewhere and (laughs) mess around with a unicorn kind of thing um this game has time tasks if you don't complete a certain quest in like let's say three days it's a game over (laughs) Wow! and it kicks you back to before that mission where you need to like figure out what you've done wrong,
0: basically. My wife's first taste of the Atelier games was uh, Lydian Swell, um, and she really oh, liked yeah. the character Ferris in that, so I got her the PS4 game oh, that's, that focuses yeah. around Fyrus. Um, Ferris is awesome. That whole PS4 game around Ferris is a timed event. You have like uh, three weeks or something to go past your exams, and if you don't it's game over.
2: So, yeah but yeah, this so... one is like I, I would say that this one is a lot more is a lot less subtle like you literally have like two three days to do something and the <sighs> days pass so fast in the game it's actually quite frustrating because it feels like when you're playing the game there's so little able to get done in each day because the way the time system works and it's not if it's not clear what you need to do from the get-go you spend a day or two figuring it out and then by day three it's like I'm done. What do I do now? You haven't really learned from your mistake. Yeah, and what they do is then they make yourself at the beginning with some elements that carry over. And then that's the most frustrating thing, really, I, th- I think. But if you're someone that knows the characters, like I really loved hanging out with Verona and Meru, and so it's like I enjoyed seeing these characters interacting with them, even though they were just supporting NPCs. And I somehow am really, really horrific at, at crafting and alchemy stuff now in a city building sim sense and have lost all my skills in the previous games. Whatever. Um I, I still thought it was it was fun in its own way, but I I can see how people that aren't incentivized by the characters that appear could just wanna put it down and not pick it up the minute they get like their fourth or fifth game over. Because that does happen frequently enough so if you're someone like i said that knows the atelier series and you're like yeah you know i really really miss seeing um seeing seeing meru and Tutori and all the other cool characters in the game and you know oh i wish i could have all these characters in one game it's basically a spin-off game designed to give you as much fan service as possible with a serviceable game mechanic around it so if you don't want that and yet you want to play like an in-depth city building sim this is definitely not the one for you. So hardcore Atelier fans only.
0: Cool. And the last game you played was Ape Out, which is something I'm, I've i got my eye on. It looks very good.
2: Ape Out is so good. It is so, so good. Yeah. It is. It has like this, I don't want to say rhythm game feel because you're not at all, I suppose, um, engaging in the game. Like you're not engaging the game's mechanics based on rhythm. But this is a game that I can say probably is one of the best uses of music pretty much ever, like uh, the, uh, I've ever encountered. And I played a whole lot of rhythm games, a whole lot of games that have amazing soundtracks that I've raved about on the show as well. And this is one of the best, like top five of all time uses of music in a game ever. So from the name, um, you are an ape. <laughs> Don't know if that was clear to everyone, but you're an ape um and you basically destroy things you can only do two things in a you have two character actions you can shove people and you can grab them um so <laughs>
1: <laughs> much like life
2: yeah exactly you know like you know in in life have two options shove and grab um it's kind of reminds me of kind of reminds me of the game ruiner if any of you guys have played it um ruiner is kind of like a, a, a more edgelord hotline miami in a way So it's kind of like a game whereby all you're really meant to do is is kill things. You are just meant to kill the people that keep you in your ape cage. So the apes want to get out. That is the whole premise. That's the game being called Ape Out. And you shove people into things, into other people. You grab people. You pound your way through doors. You break um, different parts of levels to escape. And the whole thing is you basically running out of places that humans want to keep you in. Um, and you kill them violently, 24-7. That's it. Um, <laughs> the, what, what makes it, I guess, um, not tedious and not sort of like clichéd or overblown or awful to look at is the amazing music. So Ape Out is soundtracked pretty much entirely by jazz music. Um, and there's just something about the way that the, the music becomes more elaborate as you as you play on and as you destroy more things that keeps the game basically pumping with this momentum like it's impossible for you to not feel like you're being pushed on to like further heights to finish the level when the music ramps up as you ramp up so i think that the way that they use music in this game whereby they create this atmosphere that is entirely at odds with the scene that you're presenting like you're a you're a monkey punching people's heads in why is there smooth jazz playing there's no explanation (laughs) for it there is no reason for it but it works so well despite the incongruity and it's so compelling like i just wanted to see what i would hear next you know like what would happen if i shoved this guy in that direction what would happen if i busted through three walls in a row like i was interested not just in what would happen to the level around me environmentally and pressing level but also what the music would change to so i thought that that was particularly brilliant the way that they tied in music and what you were doing so all the chapters have their own music it's not a very long game maybe like four or five chapters not super long but the music is also distinct, and the way that the sound design is done is so clever and so engaging that I really, really enjoyed myself. So I recommend this game. It's a devolver game, so you know it's going to be zany. But I don't think it's super expensive. Um, I think if you're any, if you're someone that can appreciate the way that Hotline Miami looked or Ruiner looked, or just someone that wants to basically have enjoy a little bit of senseless. Um, ape related violence soundtrack to some really 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 amazing music then you should get it there are some puzzle elements there with the mechanics and the combat that you that the game kind of drip feeds to you but it never makes you feel stupid like there are always better ways to do things more efficient ways to do things um and different sounds to get out of npcs and the environment and the soundtrack so there's a lot to revisit in this game Um, and level design is so seamless that you never feel like you're just bashing to the same five levels at a time like just because you're in a labyrinth doesn't mean that the next six in the chapter will all look the same there's so much distinct variety in each sort of area i just sorry i know i'm raving at this point i really (laughs) loved ape out i think everyone should get it
0: cool i'm definitely down for that uh so guys what are we playing in the coming week
2: i'm gonna play yoshi's crafted world because i love yoshi uh soft sport for my guy yoshi um and i'm gonna go as far as i can go and now the legendary alchemist because while i may have slammed the game a little bit earlier i am a hardcore atelier fan and i can't resist so i want to see how far i can get
1: yoshi's crafted world and darksiders war mastered edition
2: yes
0: and uh, i love darksiders the original i've not played the others but the first one's great um Actually interested to see how that holds up.
1: I've never played it because oh, okay. no, I, okay. I, I I wanna yeah.
0: replay it. I just haven't got time to play it, but I would love to replay it just to see how my opinion of it holds. Um that'd be really interesting. But I won't be playing that. Uh I'm probably just gonna carry on with the killigure effect uh as long as I can. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm gonna bail. I don't like bailing on games. Um but that the story is just doing nothing for me at the moment. Um I did pick up Yoshi's Crafted World yesterday uh i should probably play it to be part of the discussion next time uh mm-hmm. however i'm going to struggle to do that knowing that i still have uh new super mario bros u unfinished i'm close uh but <laughs> i do want to finish that before i commit myself to another platformer so i'll 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 see how i feel <laughs>
2: so thanks for listening to this episode of switch focus podcast if you enjoyed it please leave us a review on itunes because it really helped to get us noticed you can also listen and subscribe on stitcher TuneIn, and other podcast services and if you want you can join our discord server to interact with the lively and talkative switch focus community um or follow us on twitter youtube facebook and at switchfocuspodcast.com for updates news and other content and we're going to leave links for that in the show notes for you as well Um, if you want to support the show you can now buy us a coffee and we'll have details in our discord server um, and on our website and you can also look forward to us launching a patreon soon so just keep an eye out for that i will show you how best to support our endeavor and how to keep creating the best and most entertaining show for you so um if you want after all that you can follow us individually andy is at flame roast toast andrew's at play critically where he also streams um on twitch under the same url and i'm jenny at Ginny rose see you next time Thank you.
0: like literally what are you telling me I'm not taking any of this in